Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is John Carney. Thanks for being on the show, John. Hey, thanks for having me today, Whitney. Yeah, honored to have you on the show. A little about John. He's a member of development teams with, with two new construction projects totaling $100 million scheduled to break ground in 2020. Author of Real Estate is a Team Sport and co-author of 10,000 Miles to the American Dream. He's host of the Real Estate Locker Room Show podcast as well. John, thank you again. Give the listeners a little more about your background. I know it's somewhat different than probably a lot since you've done this in a couple countries. It's very interesting, but I would love to hear a little more about your background and us dive in. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for inviting me to share share my story with your audience, and we'll we'll try and add some value here. You might have noticed there's a bit of a sports themes. I think the business of real estate, no matter where you are in it, we're both talking about multifamily. We'll focus on that, but it's competitive, and that kind of fuels me to be more creative and, and, and inspires me to think of ways to solve problems. So, you know, I like that intersection of competitive sports. Uh, you pick a sport, there's an athlete out there that is just training harder and competing and being creative about how he uses his time and energy so that when he does have to get out and compete, he's ready. I, I like that intersection in, in business and in sports. So that's, you know, a little bit about the vocabulary I use. Yeah, you know, we'll just give you a snapshot of the last 10 years. I, I met an Australian uh, her, and moved to Melbourne in 2009. Her mom was unwell. We were going through the big real estate dip here in America. I founded a company named America Property Source in Melbourne with some partners. We were a licensed real estate company that enabled Australians to, you know, I say safely invest in U.S. real estate. And I had a team in Phoenix and that team in Phoenix helped me build my business and they looked after my clients. And I just learned that real estate's a team sport. If you don't have folks to look after your real estate specific accounting and your real estate contracts, legal and sources of funds and great managers, you're just not going to be as successful. You might struggle. So I really focused uh, my time and energy on the people I worked with and was very successful over there in Australia. I was asked to come back to the States and did move back in 2016 to work on new development projects in our family business, the Landmark Companies which my father and his partner, Bob Raines, founded here in Cleveland. They were true real estate entrepreneurs and pioneers. They brought the folks from the suburbs downtown Cleveland in the 90s. There was really just a bunch of empty buildings in the warehouse district at that time. So they were part of the repopulation. And now it's ultra competitive and dense downtown Cleveland these days. So it gives us an opportunity to apply that, the team, the whole team aspect of real estate to our internal team as well as our external team. So that's sort of what we're working on that. I'm a partner uh, with the Landmark companies where we have 214 new apartments scheduled to come out of the ground, hopefully at the end of this year. And um, we're still working on some of the development, you know, intricacies with the city of Cleveland that's going to join a community that we already own and operate on the lakefront at East 55th Street called the Shoreline Apartments. And this is going to be the addition to the Shoreline. We're working in a separate partnership with a developer here in Cleveland, uh, Brickhouse Partners, on 
um, real high-end, out-of-the-ground condominium and townhouse deal for sale. So busy, busy, busy folks here. Yeah, no doubt about it. And what happened to your Australian accent? Yeah, I know. It's Well, if I start talking in Australian real estate terms, property terms, call me out on that and I'll bring my vocab back to the American. Okay. Well, John, that's awesome. And not many people can say they've started a real estate business in another country and, you know, in the U.S. and, and been successful. Let's dive in on that team a little bit. I know you stressed a lot on, you know, having the A team. You know, I think you had called it at one point. And so I'd love to hear more about that and finding that team. Maybe list some of those team members and that are most important or their roles, you know, how we need to think about them. And let's just dive into how you found them and how they have been such an important part of the team. I think like here, you know, what, Whitney, we'll kind of talk about what I think would be the next book, which would be, you know, running your multifamily team. The basic people you need to have a real estate business, whether you're investing in single family homes or fixing and flipping, whatever you're doing, mobile home parks, you have to have a real estate focused accountant that understands your state and your part of the, the market, right? Whether it's residential, commercial. I mean, that just accountants, accountability. I've had guests on my show wish me the most expensive accountant. And they're not necessarily off base there, right? You got to have that duck lined up perfect and you have to protect yourself. And in America, that's the legal side and the insurance side. Those folks generally run in the same circle. If you're a golfer or whatever, if you want to go fishing, you want to find guys that you can have a good conversation with and enjoy company with and, and kind of have a relationship outside of business. That's just my personal experience and how I advise people. You know, you could do the New York to LA test, sitting on an airplane, would you be able to handle hanging out with this person for five hours? And then, then you know, you really start working on, are they competent? Do they have referrals? Is it they're a startup company or, or are they kind of coming down to the experience side? So that, that's sort of the, the one team that you do need sources of funds. But when we're talking about what's exciting right now, and that's competing in your, with everyone else out there, looking for the residents that you want in your buildings, And you're kind of talking about, you know, more of your internal team of employees and kind of subcontractors or third party people. I can elaborate on that if you'd like. Yeah, please. We're all entrepreneurs. We're we're all, you know, you have to sort of be focused on the product that you want to deliver and the service, product and service. So multifamily, you know, I look at our product and services. We're providing a safe, clean environment for people to call home. You know, that's like number one important, especially right now during this COVID-19 lockdown. And we're known for that and maintaining that integrity. But along with that, a little sub note is community. And we're focused on building a community of people that enjoy being there. And we want to retain people. We don't want to be. And we track that metric. You know, it's a key performance indicator that our property managers are accountable for. Every month is their retention rate. And we see that it's pretty high. You know, a lot of people come in and live with us for more than the average 1.5 years. It's a statistic I always hear. Great. If that's the industry, we want to be better than that. How do we always add value? Some of that is, and we won't talk about the marketing right now, but having great property managers on your team and great leasing agents and great maintenance people and a great cleaner, people that show up and put on a uniform and are well talk to people and say hi and open doors and enjoy their job. You create a good work environment and your residents will know that. 
in any type of residential community that, that you're running. So we really focus on that. Everybody is family and, and that seems to be the formula that, that works as opposed to having real rigid, we don't write real rigid rules, but we have policies and we're not inflexible. We take everything in stride. And, and it might sound easy on a podcast, but it comes from dedicated employees that believe in what they're doing. How do you create that family atmosphere? I don't know. That's a great question. I should have the answer to that. We're just all Midwest folks that want to raise the bar every day in our business, right? We communicate. I think that when you're leading a group of people, I'm always asking for feedback and how can we do things better. And what I found with sort of the, the team we have in place now in Cleveland and Indianapolis is they've got permission to be innovators, right? Go out there and see what's working. The technology that we're using changes so fast, you can't possibly be an expert. So we've gone out and found those experts. And they're sort of part of on our team, like our marketing and PR and SEO and, and Google pay-per-click. We don't, we're not large enough to have that in-house that function in-house. So we find the best people in the market that we partner with to deliver that service. I hope I'm not all over the place here. No, it's good. It really does boil down to always be looking for the characteristics in the property managers that we want to do the job. So, you know, take us as owners out of the equation for a minute. We focused on finding people that were highly skilled, looking for a place to call home, you know, we interviewed a lot of people to come up with the team we have right now. Once you select that property manager, giving them the freedom to do their thing, that has been the success formula. They recruit people for their teams on the maintenance side and on the leasing side to support that community. And the communities take on that person's personality, so to speak. So if you've got a great group of people and they're, they're having fun, you're not, you know, micromanaging them. You kind of trust them to go do their run the property and do a great job and have conversations and communicate frequently, you'll be successful. You know, you said you didn't know when I asked that question, but then I think you gave a great example. You gave great, you know, descriptions of how you found those people or who they are. But I like how you said that, you know, you said they, they don't have to know everything because we, we can't know everything, but you give them permission to be innovators. You give them permission to go out and find better ways. Is there a way that you communicate that to the team? Is there a way that, you know, you like push them to be more creative and, and to push themselves? What we try and do is always improve how we communicate. I am not a big fan of every time I take a break, coming back and seeing a hundred emails. So trying to be really conscious of people's time and energy. So if I'm going to, I'm going to send an email out after our show records. It's an article from the Washington Post that I believe is good information for them to have due to the COVID-19 lockdown state that we're in right now here at the end of April. But I'm not sending them every bit of information I receive, just something I think would, would be valuable for them to read. And that's just like, you know, one way. We have a meeting this, one of our managers meetings is this week. We have an agenda. We go through all of our numbers from the previous month and see where we can help each other out. You know, we keep our managers and our, our leasing teams They've got their own text chains going. We encourage them to lean on each other for help and support, communicating and listening to what they have to say, giving them the support required to do their job. We don't have infinite resources, but the resources we do have are always available for our team members. And, and I think that innovation comes when problems arise. And right now we're, we're learning how to navigate a problem and 
I'm pushing, do things better. How do we do things better as a group? What's working? What's not working? It's a simple conversation to have with people. What are we doing? What are we asking you to do that's wasting your time? Okay, let's stop doing that. So, you know, you talked about being creative when there's competition. I love that. Instead, because a lot of people will just give up when it gets too competitive, you know, then I think it's a great time to be creative and figure out ways to push forward. So do you have an example of, of maybe a way you all have recently been creative, you know, in a time where it's really competitive? We'll just kind of go back to partnerships and sort of a core value of the landmark companies is to is to support the communities. And so we'll talk about we're based in Cleveland majority of our properties are in Cleveland. We have one property in Indy. So our business partners, we partner in the true form. We want to add value to our residents and we want to add value to our community around our properties. So we go out to those local small businesses, whether it's a service provider doing massages or yoga, or whether it's the local coffee shop, or whether it's a Cleveland-based founded sports drink company, NUMA, that we partnered with. We find ways to distribute their products and, and put them their product and services in front of our clients. That's an example of being creative, right? That's the goodwill part of it. And that's what we become known for on the street. So we leaned in and we, we put together gift bags from all the people we work with and had our team distribute that a couple of weeks ago because we felt that it was the right thing to do. And it got everybody's mind off of the problem we're in. We're learning how to practice social distancing. And instead of just cleaning and cleaning and cleaning, you know, our maintenance crew got together and, and assembled these bags and distributed them. And, and then the immediate feedback from our community was, hey, thanks. We weren't expecting that. We're just trying to let people know that we do. We care. I don't know if that's innovative or creative, but that's just how we choose to engage. One thing we're doing right now, we understand people are at home going crazy. Everybody is. We're all in the same position. We're all in it together. And we're communicating that by trying to find a running contests on social media every week and having a small prize for people, getting that community engagement. Pretty soon, we're going to be starting to talk about resident events. We're thinking about there's food trucks that are still providing services with safe social distance practices here in Cleveland. So, you know, it's about what's out there and then how do we take those people and help their small business be successful during a hard time and um, provide value to our residents. This conversation is just what value can we offer that's more than just a safe apartment? Yeah. What's an example of the social media competition like you all have done? That's interesting. Man, like, so we had best view, best apartment view started off the month. We just concluded our best shelter in place buddy. And then I think it was a lady who probably was talking to her grandson on Skype or Zoom, won that competition at one of the properties. I haven't seen them all yet for last week. I think we're going to be doing a take a picture of your work from home uh, setup. And then I think we're going to have like a baking contest. at the. So we're wow. running four. And then it, we have groups of people that are that become really good friends in our communities. And, and we just want to make sure people are able to reach out to their neighbors. So it's just something we're doing now. No, that's unique. I haven't heard anybody talk about that. So that's really neat to hear. There's the social media competitions. And even if we can only connect virtually like this or through social media, at least you're encouraging that. How were you all say prepared for this downturn, say, you know, before it happened? When this happened at the end of March and, and schools were canceled, it felt like we were running an hour by hour. You know, right. so our, our first focus was on 
the safety of our team, right? And then the second focus was the safety of our, our residents. I mean, they weren't first or second, they were together. And then it was, you know, starting to plan for worst case scenarios. And really it evolved. So I would say we were prepared because we're not a huge corporation. We're pretty flexible. Uh, We communicate well and people leaned in and really, really helped each other out. So, I mean, I don't know. People talk about the Midwest. I think people are great all over the world. But so it's just easy to say on the show, we've got some real, real hardworking, dedicated people. We're very fortunate to have these folks working at our business and working alongside them is, is, is truly, you know, a pleasure. And they come up with great ideas. They know their roles in our business better than I'd ever know it. And we really lean on them for best practices and we write it down and we communicate that, right? So we had a plan. What if someone gets sick? How do we separate our maintenance group into two groups so that they don't see each other? So if one group gets sick, we can still operate our business with group two. That's just a page I took out of a manufacturing you know, one of my friends who runs a manufacturing business, we were talking about it, right? Mastermind groups, making sure that we had a plan that if a resident didn't feel well, how did we communicate that amongst our leadership team? How do we communicate that to the residents in the building? How did we get them in it? How do we get people in and out of buildings without touching a lot of stuff? So I think we've sort of settled into a business in this new kind of lockdown normal. The innovation that came out of that, we're doing tours with FaceTime and other Zoom type apps. So no, that's great. That's great. And yeah, yeah, I think you all have been very creative and very quick to respond and create processes. It sounds like I love the two teams or the two maintenance teams and and how they operate separately. So you don't go without maintenance guys or whoever it may be that other team. But what's another way? Say you all have recently improved your business that we could apply to ours. We had some people on our leasing team that had to work at home due to looking after family members with compromised immune system. So we said, sure, absolutely. So it was kind of looking at, well, is this going to be something, I think it's just like a strengthening a team. So like in one of our properties, the property manager lives in the property, basically one person Salesforce is working from home. And they came up with a way to still, we still have our CRM. We're still responding to leads. We're still setting tours, but they're virtual tours. People still have to move. And if it's an in-person tour, what does that look like? So everybody's safe so that the person on our side is giving a tour and feels safe and confident. And so that, and that the resident feels safe and confident or the person who's coming that's interested in our building. And so we came up with that. That was created through trial and error and quickly put into a practice and communicated amongst the whole management team. And then the whole concept of, you know, we were getting emails from all of our ILS, right? Internet listing services, your apartments.com and your rent pass. More people were giving you more bandwidth to upload videos. And I talked to all those people, all of our reps from all of our different ILS provider partners over the last couple of weeks said, yeah, we're actually doing tours, but we're doing it with FaceTime. And people are like 49% more likely, the statistic is, to take that tour if it's with a real person and sign that lease than they are if you're just showing them a video of Unit 506. We've even come up with a better way to do videos. So, I mean, we had a long meeting with the whole leasing team about that. How are we going to go more towards video content, make it personal, satisfy this problem people have? They still have a problem. They want to move somewhere. They want to move somewhere safe, clean. It's in Cleveland. It's in Indianapolis. They have a job. They've got a family. They've got some reason why they have to move. 
And that's a stressor for them, especially right now. So how do we provide, how do you stand out, provide a great service and tick all those boxes? That's Australian, check all those boxes, right? So that you have everybody safe. You're doing the best job you can possibly to mitigate any germ spread, masks, Mm. gloves, the endless wiping down of elevators and common areas. Right. Wow. John, what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Probably making mistakes. (laughs) I don't know. I like to say that I'm optimistic. I'm not afraid to throw something out there. If I've gotten enough data to say this concept might work, there's value in it and test it. You're not going to win all of those small tests, but you're going to find a new way of doing things better. Taking calculated risks, learning from my mistakes as I age, get a little bit better at that, and then trying really hard not to make the same mistake twice. Sometimes it gets you, but no more than twice now. (laughs) How do you like to give back? There's a number of different organizations that our business supports in the local community through donations and fundraising. One group that I'm passionate about raising money and awareness for is Alzheimer's Association. So we give back that way. I like to feel that having great conversations with you, Whitney, maybe there's someone listening that's going to be inspired to go back to the drawing board and do something a little bit differently. So, you know, through podcasts and in blogs and books, I like to be able to put content out there for people to think about and hopefully test out and measure. And if I can be a part of someone's success, that's always awesome. Wow. John, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate your time today very much and and just elaborating on how you created an A-team and created that family environment and even different ways you all have been very creative and successful through this crisis, uh, you know, and how you all have really kept your tenants and and investors in mind, you know, through all that and and just your team on the ground as well. It's incredible. And even I love to you just talking about giving your team permission to be innovators and improving all the time. But tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Sure. I mean, you can reach me. I'm on johncarneyonline.com. My personal email, if you want to send me an email, is jc at johncarneyonline.com. That's the platform I use for podcast and books and speaking. I'm not selling any other products or services. But you know, the one great thing about podcasting, and I'm sure you know, Whitney, is it's a great way to meet other like-minded people and create something worthy of, of giving your time and energy to at the same time. If you're interested in learning more about our business, the Landmark Companies, landmarkmgt.com is sort of our hub B2B site, but there's links to all our various properties in Cleveland and Indianapolis. And if any of your listeners are in these markets and want to chat, by all means, track me down. And if any of your listeners and yourself included, find yourself up here on the north coast of the Midwest, track me down and maybe we can get together for a coffee or a beer, whatever you fancy. Awesome. Thank you, John. Also check out his podcast, The Real Estate Locker Room Show. Don't forget about that. Yeah, well, thanks. But it's been great. It's pretty cool what you're doing. I love it. Awesome, John. That's a wrap. Thank you very much. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter.
If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.